Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. While elections are sometimes messy, this was a secure election. The founders began the fight for human liberty and self-governance, and it's up to us to finish the job. I tell you what, we are in a truth emergency right now. This is the end game. It's Wednesday, November 22nd, 2023, the 1036th day of dystopia. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. A warm welcome and hello to all of you listening to the podcast on the day of its release. The only way to do that is by becoming a paid subscriber at I'mYourModerator.Substack.com. You can do so for as little as $50 a year or $5 a month. And in doing so, you will be supporting me, the work I do, and this show as it expands. And if you can't, or you simply don't want to, continue listening for free a couple days later on a wide variety of podcast platforms. And of course, Rumble, all I ask is that you share it with your friends. You can find the links to the podcast, the writing, the social media, and the merch site by visiting linktree.com slash I'm your moderator. Now, before we get started, and being that today is the 60-year anniversary of the still mysterious assassination of John F. Kennedy, I thought perhaps we might start with some audio of a JFK speech where he expresses the sort of ideas that might get a president assassinated. 
Ladies and gentlemen, the very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweighed the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, there is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society by imitating its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. That I do not intend to permit to the extent that it's in my control. And no official of my administration, whether his rank is high or low, civilian or military, should interpret my words here tonight as an excuse to censor the news, to stifle dissent, to cover up our mistakes, or to withhold from the press and the public the facts they deserve to know. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned, no rumor is printed, no secret is revealed. No president should fear public scrutiny of his program, for from that scrutiny comes understanding, and from that understanding comes support or opposition, and both are necessary. I am not asking your newspapers to support an administration, but I am asking your help in the tremendous task of informing and alerting the American people. For I have complete confidence. and the response and dedication of our citizens whenever they are fully informed. I not only could not stifle controversy among your readers, I welcome it. This administration intends to be candid about its errors. For as a wise man once said, an error doesn't become a mistake until you refuse to correct it. We intend to accept full responsibility for our errors, and we expect you to point them out when we miss them. Without debate, Without criticism, no administration and no country can succeed, and no republic can survive. That is why the Athenian lawmaker Sola decreed it a crime for any citizen to shrink from controversy. And that is why our press was protected by the First Amendment, the only business in America specifically protected by the Constitution, 
not primarily to amuse and entertain, not to emphasize the trivial and the sentimental, not to simply give the public what it wants, but to inform, to arouse, to reflect, to state our dangers and our opportunities, to indicate our crises and our choices, to lead, mold, educate, and sometimes even anger public opinion. This means greater coverage and analysis of international news, for it is no longer far away and foreign, but close at hand and local. It means greater attention to improved understanding of the news, as well as improved transmission. And it means, finally, that government at all levels must meet its obligation to provide you with the fullest possible information outside the narrowest limits of national security. And so it is to the printing press, to the recorder of man's deeds, the keeper of his conscience, the courier of his news, that we look for strength and assistance, confident that with your help, man will be what he was born to be, free and independent. And let's pray that we're on our way to making it so. So yesterday I talked about how we would discuss this whole slew of court filings from Monday, new lawsuits, various filings, all of it striking directly at major issues. And I want to do that in a second. We'll definitely do that today. But at the beginning of yesterday's episode, I talked about the two-year anniversary of the very scary Omicron variant. And in doing that, I was not anticipating that we would get a new version of COVID announced the day before Thanksgiving. But this is the sort of reality we're dealing with right now. So we have this from this morning, Laura Loomer citing the Daily Mail, a headline from the Daily Mail, mystery pneumonia tears through schools in China with many, many hospitalized in eerie echo of early days of COVID. Laura Loomer writes, here we go again, just in time for the 2024 election. Why is it always China? In another post, she wrote, China preparing to unleash another bioweapon on the world ahead of the 2024 U.S. presidential election. A group called ProMed just published this press release about a random outbreak of pneumonia in children in China that's sweeping the nation. Let me remind you that it was also ProMed in December of 2019 who first alerted the world to a virus outbreak in China that would later be called COVID. China really is trying to do a repeat of 2020, aren't they? Weird how this gets released one week after Joe Biden met with Xi Jinping in San Francisco. Gee, what a coincidence. Now, obviously, there's a good bit of speculation in those posts. We'll see if this thing catches on. We'll see if anyone ends up focused on this Xi Jinping-Joe Biden meeting. I suspect that this thing may simply go away. People will notice it coming, realize that they're not going to respond to any sort of nonsense pandemic, and then just move on and ignore it. They attempted to resurrect COVID just two or three months ago. That failed immediately. I don't think we're going to have a global freakout about a new mystery pneumonia. We will probably have some very lonely communists attempting to win back some sort of power and authority and righteousness that they felt they had in 2020 and have since lost. 
But I really don't think they have the ability to sell America, much less the world, on a new pandemic, especially not one that lines up at the exact same point on the American electoral schedule four years later. But it is definitely worth keeping an eye on this, if for nothing else, than to notice the narrative manipulations around the subject of China in a potential lead up to a conflict over Taiwan. Eventually, they have to make Americans want one of these wars. The Ukraine thing was a spectacular failure. Whatever's going on in Israel right now seems to be potentially winding down or at least being scaled back for a little bit. The BRICS coalition is all involved in pushing that peace process forward. Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman is out there pushing the peace process forward. These are the major leaders of this multipolar world order, and they are pushing for peace in the Middle East right now. It's going to look a little bit ridiculous when a coalition of so-called dictators and thugs and autocrats are the ones pushing for peace and the leaders of these so-called democratic nations are the ones all gunning for war. On Mohammed bin Salman, this is ArabNews.com. Saudi Arabia demands the start of a serious and comprehensive peace process to establish a Palestinian state along the borders of 1967, the kingdom's crown prince said on Tuesday. Addressing a virtual summit of the BRICS group, Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman said there is no way to achieve security and stability in Palestine except through the implementation of international decisions related to a two-state solution. The Crown Prince added that the kingdom rejected the enforced displacement of Palestinians and called on all countries to stop exporting arms to Israel. We demand an immediate halt to military operations in Gaza, he said. South African President Cyril Ramaphosa said, The collective punishment of Palestinian civilians through the unlawful use of force by Israel is a war crime. The deliberate denial of medicine, fuel, food, and water to the residents of Gaza is tantamount to genocide. Now, I'm not here to parse these factual claims for you and whether or not these world leaders who are much closer to the situation than we are, are describing the situation correctly and truthfully, but they sure don't seem to be saying the same things we're being told by the global state propaganda media. Now, the normal reaction for standard issue villagers at that point is to make some claim about how we can't possibly trust all of these foreign leaders over our own leaders and our own military. And I wish that was right. I wish that we were in a situation where we could trust the illegitimate president and all the members of his illegitimate administration and all of the media who inform us about what's going on in the world. The New York Times is of the world, the Washington Post's of the world, all of the cable networks and the network TV news, and all of the very elite publications like The Atlantic. These organizations are all run by Americans, you might say. Oh, yes, they are so, so American. And because they're American and all of these leaders are foreigners from those bad countries, we should side with the media who we know 
lies to us about absolutely everything else. I'm going to take a pass on that. My apologies. Regardless, unless you're like Ben Shapiro or something, you aren't actively promoting death and destruction for countless thousands or maybe even millions of strangers on the other side of the world. So if you're a normal person who cares about human life, then you should welcome the peace process while we figure out more about this situation, since we still haven't been told why the Israeli Defense Forces and Israeli intelligence didn't bother stopping the paragliding go-karts that flew over the most secure border in the history of the world. So let's get into some of these lawsuits and let's start out with X Corporation, formerly Twitter, versus Media Matters for America and Eric Hananoki. This is the suit filed by Elon Musk on behalf of X, and we talked about it just a bit on Monday. And we talked about the man responsible for Media Matters, David Brock, the lover and boyfriend of Comet Ping Pong Pizza fame, James Alafontis. It's notable also that David Brock used to own a home in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, which would have made him one of the fake President Joe Biden's neighbors. He actually had to sell that home in order to pay off a man who was blackmailing him. This was the headline from the Daily Mail in February of 2012. Media Matters founder accuses gay ex-lover of blackmailing him for $850,000 after breakup. David Brock, the founder of the liberal media watchdog organization Media Matters, was blackmailed for $850,000 by his gay ex-lover, who threatened to reveal information about the nonprofit group's finances to donors and the IRS, according to dueling lawsuits. In order to pay the handsome sum, Brock sold a historic $1.5 million home he owned in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Now, I've never been blackmailed for $850,000 before, but I think that if I was blackmailed for $850,000 and I paid the $850,000 and sold a home in order to be able to pay the $850,000, there's a very, very good chance that the person blackmailing me has something worth blackmailing me over. You would think that this would have set off all sorts of alarms and behind the scenes, I guess maybe it did. But here we are in 2023. Nearly 12 years after the writing of this article and David Brock is still going strong. Let's get to this lawsuit and I figure it's probably worth going through the introduction to this complaint. The entire complaint is 15 pages long and we don't have to go all the way through it, but we'll get the basic claims here. Defendant Media Matters for America is a self-proclaimed media watchdog that decided it would not let truth get in the way of a story it wanted to publish about X-Corp. Looking to portray X's social networking platform as being dominated by, quote, white nationalist and anti-Semitic conspiracy theories, end quote, Media Matters knowingly and maliciously manufactured side-by-side -side images depicting advertisers' posts on X-Corp's social media platform beside neo-Nazi and white nationalist fringe content, and then portrayed these manufactured images 
as if they were what typical ex-users experience on the platform. Media Matters designed both these images and its resulting media strategy to drive advertisers from the platform and destroy XCorp. Plaintiff XCorp operates the social media platform with over 500 million active monthly users. X facilitates free expression and open discourse by enabling its users to create and share their own content and to message and comment on other users' posts. These posts appear sequentially to users in feeds, which occasionally include paid advertisements, the overwhelming source of XCorp's revenue. Users shape their own experiences on X. Users create the content on their own feeds by choosing to follow other users, thereby determining which posts are presented to them. Most users are served a variety of content based on an algorithm that takes account of who that user follows and what that user engages with. But X also provides its users the option to forego algorithmically suggested posts altogether, thereby enabling a user to view only the content that user chooses to view. As the most prominent online platform dedicated to hosting free speech, X and its predecessor Twitter, formerly Twitter, have long been the target of Media Matters. In just the last year, Media Matters has published a series of articles threatening X's relationships with massive multinational advertisers and global publishers, including Amazon, eBay, Major League Baseball, New York Times, Samsung, Sports Illustrated, The Wall Street Journal, USA Today, Office Depot, Nokia, Dish, Bayer, Tyson Foods, Honeywell, Discovery, FanDuel, Thermo Fisher, National Women's Soccer League and the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Atlanta Falcons, Manchester City, DraftKings, FanDuel, T-Mobile, and The Athletic. This November alone, Media Matters released over 20 articles and counting, disparaging both X-Corp and Elon Musk, a blatant smear campaign. For the last several years, Media Matters has falsely portrayed Twitter, now X, as a risky, unsafe platform for advertisers. Contrary to these efforts, 99% of X's measured ad placement in 2023 has appeared adjacent to content scoring above the Global Alliance for Responsible Media's brand safety floor. Now, that is probably some ridiculous standard from some ridiculous group, but these people try to portray those sorts of things as objective and unbiased interpretations of the sort of content. And even by those standards, it passes. That's what the claim seems to be here. Undeterred by the truth, Media Matters has opted for new tactics in its campaign to drive advertisers from X. Media Matters has manipulated the algorithms governing the user experience on X to bypass safeguards and create images of X's largest advertisers paid posts adjacent to racist incendiary content, leaving the false impression that these pairings are anything but what they actually are, manufactured, inorganic, and extraordinarily rare. Media Matters executed this plot in multiple steps as X's internal investigations have revealed. First, Media Matters accessed accounts that have been active for at least 30 days, bypassing X's ad filter for new users. Media Matters then exclusively followed a small subset of users consisting entirely of accounts in one of two categories, those known to produce extreme fringe content and accounts owned by X's big name advertisers. The end result was a feed precision designed by Media Matters for a single purpose, 
to produce side-by-side ad and content placements that it could screenshot in an effort to alienate advertisers. So what it's saying right there is that Media Matters had these accounts that had been active for over 30 days. Now, these could be SOC accounts that were set up by employees or maybe they purchased the accounts. It doesn't really matter what these sorts of accounts were, but they took these accounts that were over 30 days old so that they bypassed one of the filters built into the X platform to attempt to curtail behavior like this. And what they did with those accounts was followed the accounts of advertisers and properties owned by those advertisers and then followed accounts that produce this sort of extreme and racist content. Now, who runs those accounts? I bet there's more to find out about that in the future. But the point is that they would follow these accounts together, and these would be the only accounts that they followed. So by doing this, what they did was make it far more likely that those advertisers' ads would appear to this particular user where the only other content this user followed was that extreme sort of racist content. Basically, the idea here is that they figured out a way to exploit the algorithm and the system in order to get it to populate in their feeds the ads next to the content they wanted to see those ads next to so that they could make a big deal about the fact that advertisers are having their content placed next to extreme racist content. Back to the suit. But this activity still was not enough to create the pairings of advertisements and content that Media Matters aimed to produce. Media Matters, therefore, resorted to endlessly scrolling and refreshing its unrepresentative hand-selected feed, generating between 13 and 15 times more advertisements per hour than viewed by the average ex-user, repeating this inauthentic activity until it finally received pages containing the result it wanted. Controversial content next to X's largest advertisers' paid posts. Media Matters admitted mentioning any of this in a report published on November 16th, 2023. That displayed instances Media Matters, quote unquote, found on X of advertisers paid posts featured next to neo-Nazi and white nationalist content, nor did Media Matters otherwise provide any context regarding the forced, inauthentic nature and extraordinary rarity of these pairings. However, Relying on the specious narrative propagated by Media Matters, the advertisers targeted took these pairings to be anything but rare and inorganic, with all but one of the companies featured in the Media Matters piece withdrawing all ads from X, including Apple, Comcast, NBC Universal, and IBM, some of X's largest advertisers. Indeed, in pulling all advertising from X in response to this intentionally deceptive report, IBM called the pairings and quote, entirely unacceptable situation. Only Oracle did not withdraw its ads. And that in itself is, again, very interesting. The relationship between Larry Ellison and Donald Trump and Oracle's technology. Back to the suit. The truth bore no resemblance to Media Matters narrative. In fact, IBM's, Comcast's, and Oracle's paid posts appeared alongside the fringe content cited by Media Matters for only one viewer out of more than 500 million on all of X. Media Matters. That's the account. 
Not a single authentic user of the X platform saw IBM's, Comcast's, or Oracle's ads next to that content, which Media Matters achieved only through its manipulation of X's algorithms, as described above. And in Apple's case, only two out of more than 500 million active users saw its ad appear alongside the fringe content cited in the article, at least one of which was Media Matters. Media Matters could have produced a fair, accurate account of users' interactions with advertisements on X via basic reporting, following real users, documenting the actual organic production of content and advertisement pairings. Had it done so, however, it would not have produced the outcome Media Matters so desperately desired, which was to tarnish X's reputation by associating it with racist content. So instead, Media Matters chose to maliciously represent the X experience with the intention of harming X and its business. So then the lawsuit naturally goes through the list of factual claims. And let's jump down to the end their prayer for relief. One, actual and consequential damages caused by defendants' misconduct, including but not limited to all general and special damages, a preliminary and permanent injunction ordering defendants to immediately delete, take down, or otherwise remove the article entitled, As Musk Endorses Anti-Semitic Conspiracy Theory, X Has Been Placing Ads for Apple, Bravo, IBM, Oracle, and Xfinity Next to Pro-Nazi Content from Its Web from all websites and social media accounts owned, controlled, or operated directly or indirectly by defendants, that being, of course, Media Matters and Eric Hananoki. They also ask for attorney's fees and any other relief the court may deem just and proper. So Media Matters, that political hatchet operation run by an absolute scumbag who is good pals with the Podestas and the Clintons and an ally of the Bidens, he is trying to make it look like the X platform, formerly Twitter, is making its advertisers look bad by placing their content next to neo-Nazi, anti-Semitic and other white nationalist content. And no, they're not referring to posts about Taylor Swift's relationship with Travis Kelsey. It's not that kind of neo-Nazi content they're referring to. So you understand the basic claims from the suit, how media matters, manipulated the platform creating an otherwise nearly impossible scenario where major advertisers advertising content would be placed next to quote unquote extremist racist content. They did it to make advertisers leave the platform and pull their money out from X, formerly Twitter. And here's how that's being covered in the media. This is CNN from yesterday. Legal critics blast Elon Musk's lawsuit against media matters as quote, weak and quote, bogus. So they found some legal critics to say mean things about Elon Musk's lawsuit. Some legal experts are panning Elon Musk's lawsuit, targeting the watchdog group Media Matters, saying the complaint filed Monday by X, the platform formerly known as Twitter, runs contrary to the First Amendment and could backfire wildly if it progresses at all. So Elon Musk's lawsuit is the real threat to the First Amendment, not media matters exploiting the algorithm to create an extraordinarily unlikely situation, a situation that occurred 50 out of 5.5 billion times, according to Elon's internal data and not 
them using this exploitation of the platform to affect X's business and get them to censor the content Media Matters wants censored. The regime has lost the control and the ability to censor what they want censored if information gets out and the understanding about certain issues reaches a critical mass, they are in deep, deep trouble. So they are trying to figure out how to get the censorship done through any means necessary now that they no longer have the ability to control the platform directly. So let's get some of the reaction that they highlight. The case appears to be a bogus attempt to chill criticism in a way that, quote, flatly contradicts basic First Amendment principles. Ted Boutros, a First Amendment attorney with years of experience dealing with the tech industry, told CNN. Boutros added that the case could backfire on X in the discovery phase, as Media Matters could demand internal information that, if presented at trial, could prove embarrassing or highly damaging to the social media company. So that is essentially an imaginary claim. I can't imagine what pertinent discovery they think they will get from X, formerly Twitter, and Elon Musk that is going to be embarrassing for them. That seems like some sort of threat or maybe some sort of really pathetic coping mechanism, but it seems to me highly unlikely that something is going to come out in discovery that is incredibly damaging to Elon Musk or X. The lawsuit also contains quote unquote fatal flaws by conceding that ads did in fact appear beside extremist content, regardless of how Media Matters achieved that result. According to Steve Vladek, a law professor at the University of Texas and a CNN contributor, the complaint admits that the thing Media Matters was making a big deal about actually happened, Vladek said. Most companies wouldn't want their ads running next to neo-Nazi content even once and wouldn't care about the exact percentage of users who were encountering such side-by-side -side placement. The idea here being that even though Media Matters definitely did manipulate the platform to get it to produce this sort of content, the advertisers are still right to pull all their advertising money from X, formerly Twitter, because they just don't want to risk that 50 in 5.5 billion chance that some deranged communist organization is going to come along and manipulate the platform in order to get their ad placed next to neo-Nazi content. A problem that so far has harmed zero users and zero companies and would not exist if Media Matters hadn't created it. CNN also notes this on Monday, X's case was assigned to District Judge Mark Pittman, a Donald Trump appointee who was previously at the center of some of the nation's biggest legal battles, including over gun rights and President Joe Biden's blocked student loan forgiveness plan. The big question, legal experts say, is whether Musk's choice of venue the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Texas, can help him overcome some of the lawsuit's substantive shortcomings. So you see that? The lawsuit's just not good enough. Therefore, Elon Musk is trying to manipulate the system by filing it in this district so that it is seen by this judge. <laughs> Elon is exploiting the legal system, we're being told. But nobody does that against Donald Trump, just so you're aware. Also from the article, Akiva Cohen, a litigation attorney at Kamerman Unchick 
Soniker and Klein in New York pointed out that while Musk has historically relied on massive white shoe law firms in his other cases, such as his lawsuit with Twitter over the original acquisition and against former Twitter employees in this situation, he is relying on a much smaller firm. All those big firms Elon usually uses, they probably went F no. Are you out of your mind? This is a bad idea. Cohen said in a post on the X alternative blue sky. And that is Jack Dorsey's platform. He went with politically connected Texas lawyers, reflecting the extent to which people think that Texas courts are political actors, not legal actors. Cohen added all three of the lawyers in that signature block have backgrounds with the Texas AG's office or solicitor general's office. So apparently the courts in Texas are totally corrupt and it's okay to say that about Texas courts. It's just not okay to say that about the courts where Donald Trump is being prosecuted. In response, Media Matters' Angelo Carasoni said, This is a frivolous lawsuit meant to bully X's critics into silence. Media Matters stands behind its reporting <laughs> and looks forward to winning in court. Some legal experts suggested that Media Matters' first course of action may be to try to move the case out of the Texas federal court. X is headquartered in California, while Media Matters is based in Washington, D.C. The Texas court reflects an, quote, absence of any logical connection to the dispute, end quote, Vladek said. If the case isn't transferred out of Texas, the apparent deliberate choice of court could work in X's favor by preventing Media Matters from leveraging state laws in California and the District of Columbia that are designed to limit litigation intended to suppress criticism. These so-called anti-slap laws do not apply in the federal appeals court that oversees Texas, said Ken White, a First Amendment lawyer based in Los Angeles. So it's all about where Elon Musk has brought the suit. He is just trying to manipulate the system. That bad, bad man. Now, Elon Musk wasn't the only one going after media matters in Texas. Also on Monday, Elon Musk posted on X, formerly Twitter, fraud has both civil and criminal penalties. And Elon attaches a press release from the office of Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton. The office of the attorney general is opening an investigation into media matters for potential fraudulent activity under the Texas Business Organizations Code and the Deceptive Trade Practices Act. The OAG will vigorously enforce against nonprofits who commit fraudulent acts in or affecting the state of Texas. Attorney General Paxton was extremely troubled by the allegations that Media Matters, a radical anti-free speech organization, fraudulently manipulated data on X.com, formerly known as Twitter. We are examining the issue to ensure that the public has not been deceived by the schemes of radical left-wing organizations who would like nothing more than to limit freedom by reducing participation in the public square, said Attorney General Paxton. And that's not all that Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton has been doing. Paxton posted on X, formerly Twitter, on Monday. Breaking. Today I have filed suit against Pfizer and Tris Pharma for defrauding Texas Medicaid and providing adulterated pharmaceuticals to children. I'm horrified by the dishonesty we uncovered in this investigation. Pfizer and Tris intentionally concealed and failed to disclose the issues with 
Quillivant to receive taxpayer funded benefits through Texas Medicaid, defrauding the state and endangering children. Our civil Medicaid fraud division has done an outstanding job holding these pharmaceutical companies accountable. Reuters reporting on the filing on Monday, Texas AG sues Pfizer over quality control lapses in kids ADHD drug. The lawsuit filed in Harrison County, Texas District Court alleges that Pfizer and Tris manipulated quality control testing for the drug Quillivant XR in order to obtain passing results from tests it was required to perform under federal law between 2012 and 2018. Properly done tests frequently showed that the drug failed to dissolve as it was supposed to, a sign that it would not be released in the body as expected, the lawsuit said. The lawsuit also alleged that Pfizer, despite knowing of the quality control issues, persuaded Texas's Medicaid program to add Quillivant to its list of preferred drugs. Paxton alleged that many Texas families complained that Quillivant failed to work. I am horrified by the dishonesty we uncovered in this investigation, Paxton, a Republican, said in a statement. The lawsuit accuses the companies of defrauding the state's Medicaid program and seeks unspecified money damages from the company. Pfizer said in a statement that it had examined the allegations in the complaint on multiple occasions and did not find any impact on the safety of the product. It said it believed the case had no merit and would move to dismiss it. Now, I know that everybody kind of wants to see Pfizer gone after for what they've done with the COVID shots. But this is still good because some of these issues will ultimately overlap. Pfizer had test data that they ignored. They pushed their products to market for profit. They weren't concerned whether or not their products were ultimately going to hurt people. And they lied about the possibility from the New York Post. A separate suit alleges Tris and its CEO, Katan Mehta, exaggerated the effectiveness of another ADHD drug for children, Dianavel, and thus defrauded the Texas Medicaid program. Tris directed their sales representatives to deliver false and misleading messages about Dianavel to doctors in Texas, including Medicaid doctors, the suit alleges. Sales representatives falsely told doctors that Dianavel worked significantly faster than other drugs and provided other unproven benefits to pediatric patients. Paxton has declared war on, quote, pharmaceutical companies who violate the public's trust and hurt the people of Texas. They will be brought to justice to the fullest extent of the law. The New York Post article also notes the legal action is the latest salvo in the attorney general's campaign against Pfizer which he alleges overstated the effectiveness of its COVID-19 vaccines. He launched an investigation this past May into Pfizer and Moderna. Both vaccine manufacturers have strongly denied the attorney general's claims. Gosh, it's a mystery, isn't it? Why the Texas rhinos joined with Texas Democrats, the uniparty left and uniparty right combined to attempt to impeach and remove attorney general Ken Paxton. Paxton is also the man who filed the case to contest the obviously rigged and stolen 2020 election on the basis that other states violating the law with how they held elections was having a negative consequence for Texas. And they got 19 other states to sign on. The Supreme Court ultimately said that lawsuit brought by 20 states had no standing. 
Now let's take it back into the world of social media. This is the National Pulse from Monday. Trump's Truth Social files $1.5 billion lawsuit against MSNBC, Daily Mail, Axios, Reuters, and more. President Trump's Truth Social firm, Trump Media and Technology Group Corp., is suing 20 corporate media organizations, claiming a coordinated attack involving the false reporting of a $73 million loss by the firm. In truth, they claim, this number was an utter fabrication designed to cause harm. This was a coordinated effort to damage TMTG's reputation, degrade the firm's financial standing, freeze its access to capital, and torpedo the anticipated merger, the complaint asserts. TMTG is seeking $1.5 billion in damages, explaining that they first contacted the media outlets listed, though no substantial corrections nor apologies for the false reports were made. The outlets being sued are The Guardian, The Hollywood Reporter, McClatchy, Alex Mina, Reuters, Rolling Stone, Nexstar, Deadline Hollywood, Accretive Capital, Market Watch, Forbes, Axios, The Daily Beast, Gizmodo, New York Daily News, Newsweek, MSNBC, Mediaite, Daily Mail, and CNBC. Now, if the mainstream media was describing this lawsuit or describing any of the organizations targeted in this lawsuit, they would say things like MSNBC, the media organization currently being sued for $1.5 billion over claims that they made up financial losses of a technology company in an attempt to subvert that company's business practices. But the mainstream media would never cover this that way. They would say that Trump and his fellow conspiracy theorists are making outlandish claims trying to get these media organizations to stop saying things that Donald Trump doesn't like. Once again, a total inversion within the false reality. This complaint is 15 pages long, a short introduction. Let's go through it. This case is about an unprecedented and seemingly coordinated media campaign by no less than 20 major media outlets to attack Trump Media and Technology Group and its social media platform, Truth Social, by falsely reporting that TMTG had lost $73 million. That number was an utter fabrication. Each defendant, in apparent coordination, reported the exact same false number within approximately 24 hours of one another each citing to a public Securities and Exchange Commission filing in which the mystery $73 million loss appears nowhere. This was a coordinated effort to damage TMTG's reputation, degrade the firm's financial standing, freeze its access to capital, and torpedo the anticipated merger between Digital World Acquisition Corporation and TMTG. On November 13th, 2023, DWAC submitted an amended S-4 registration statement with the SEC, which marked a major milestone toward the completion of the planned merger between DWAC and TMTG. TMTG publicly stated that the S-4 was good news for TMTG. Because this filing involves TMTG and President Trump's Truth Social, however, these defendants ignored or downplayed TMTG's public statements regarding a positive development. 
Instead, they deliberately or recklessly published false financial information to advance a preferred and coordinated narrative harmful to TMTG. All defendants ran nearly identical headlines that reported some variation of Trump's Truth Social having lost $73 million. On November 14, 2023, TMTG contacted each of these media defendants, notifying them in writing of their error, specifying that their statements about a supposed $73 million loss were false and defamatory and demanding a retraction and apology. To date, while some defendants have issued little-noticed corrections or updates, none have retracted the defamatory articles, publicly apologized, or taken any other steps to ameliorate the continuing damage. Although TMTG will continue pursuing its mission and planned merger with DWAC, the widespread misreporting across the entire media landscape has nonetheless deeply harmed TMTG eroding faith in the company's operations and management and making it more difficult for TMTG to raise additional capital to fund operations while its planned merger with DWAC is pending SEC review. Existing investors and potential investors alike were concerned by the false stories. TMTG intends to hold these reckless and malicious media outlets to account for their false reporting and for their seemingly coordinated effort to destroy TMTG and Truth Social. And you can find in a very simple internet search that all of these articles are still up there. An article covering the lawsuit in Newsweek says DWAC, a mergers and asset acquisition firm, has been planning to merge with Trump Media and Technology Group since October 2021, but the transaction has been beset with several missed deadlines. While the deal is thought to be a potentially lucrative one, DWAC expressed doubts in the SEC filing about TMTG having the, quote, sufficient funds to meet its liabilities as they fall due, end quote. In October 2023, DWAC said it was returning over half a billion dollars to investors after the two companies missed a September 2022 deadline to execute the merger. A new deadline has been set for December 31st this year. The deal is hoped to give the Truth Social platform a strong financial position to remain competitive among a growing number of social media sites. However, its main attraction, Trump himself, returned to X, formerly Twitter, after a two-year hiatus in August and following his account being unbanned by X's new owner, Elon Musk, while an exclusivity agreement between the former president and Truth Social expired in June. And I love how all of these articles will always say, formerly Twitter, after talking about the X platform. That is why I do it, because this is what you have to do. The platform is not called Twitter. It's not called X. It's called X, formerly Twitter. So essentially, for the last two years, Trump's truth social platform, the Trump Media and Technology Group and DWAC have been trying to merge and various parties for various reasons, have been attempting to make that impossible for them, and they have been trying to manipulate things with the SEC in order to do that. From an article in USA Today covering the suit, the complaint states the defendants ignored or downplayed the public statements and had similar headlines announcing the supposed loss, and none of the outlets retracted the defamatory articles after TMTG contacted each organization on November 14th to address the error. 
It is noted that some of the defendants have issued corrections or updates to their stories. The planned merger is still expected to move forward, according to the complaint, but the company claims it has been deeply harmed by the, quote, widespread misreporting across the entire media landscape, end quote. The harm includes eroded faith in the company's operations and management and has made it difficult to raise additional funds for the merger since existing and potential investors were concerned by the reports. TMTG intends to hold these reckless and malicious media outlets to account for their false reporting and their seemingly coordinated effort to destroy TMTG and Truth Social, the company states. Earlier this year, the CEO of Trump Media and Technology Group, Devin Nunes, sued Sarasota Herald Tribune columnist Chris Anderson, The Guardian, Penske Media Corp., and Will Wilkerson for compensatory and punitive damages for defamation and defamation by implication. Now, you might remember that in April of last year, Truth Social migrated to the Rumble cloud. This is from a press release by Rumble. Last April, Truth Social migrates to Rumble Cloud. Today, the video platform Rumble announced that Truth Social, the social media platform created by the Trump Media and Technology Group, has successfully migrated its website and mobile applications to Rumble's cloud infrastructure. This migration will enable the Truth Social platform to scale significantly on a new and cancel culture-free cloud platform. Truth Social's move also marks the first significant customer to onboard with Rumble's cloud services business. And this is rather important. They want to have their own internet infrastructure, their cloud infrastructure in place so that they cannot be taken down by outside forces the way Parler was completely taken offline in January 2021 after the very violent insurrection because they were essentially just canceled by Amazon Web Services. Now, we mentioned the other day that Rumble's CEO, Chris Pavlovsky, was previewing big things from Rumble getting involved in this same effort against the global regime's organizations dedicated to making sure that these free speech platforms could not function. All of this indicates a pretty substantial effort to make sure that this community, people from this community, cannot get their ideas into the mainstream and break through that narrative bubble. They are going to try whatever they can to stop that, just as they did in 2020 and have been attempting to do ever since. This was a statement from Chris Pavlovsky on X, formerly Twitter, on Monday night. Media Matters is threatened by Rumble's mission to protect a free and open internet, so their reaction is to deceive the public and scare advertisers. For example, on March 14th, Media Matters claimed that advertisements for Netflix, which were appearing on Rumble, have been placed on videos that violated our content policies. However, according to Google Analytics, the week before publication of that Media Matters article, there had been zero page views of that video. This means that the Media Matters activist who took the screenshot was the first human being to actually view the Netflix ad on the video in question though their story left the false impression that it was a widespread problem. The same is true for most of the videos cited by Media Matters, all of which were removed from Rumble as soon as we were made aware of them. It's clear that Media Matters intends to mislead and deceive about advertisements on Rumble in order to hamper free speech and harm law-abiding employers who only want to advertise their products and services. 
Media Matters doesn't do anything for free. So who is funding this outrageous targeting activity? Who is paying for them to target free speech? And why are they afraid of free expression online? Speaker Johnson and Representative Jordan, it's time for Congress to ask hard questions. And to that post, Elon Musk responded, they have a long track record of evil deeds and investigation is badly needed. Rumble CEO Chris Pavlovsky also posted yesterday on X, formerly Twitter, a little update on Rumble versus Google antitrust case that I forgot to share a few months ago. Discovery is in progress and he shares a screenshot of a May 16th article with the headline, Google tells U.S. court Rumble's document request in antitrust suit is a broad fishing expedition. But nonetheless, the court granted at least part of the discovery request. So it'll be interesting to see how all that goes down. So you've got Trump's Truth Social. You've got Rumble, the video platform, the alternative to YouTube. And you've got X, formerly Twitter, with Elon doing all sorts of things all of these companies activating at the same time, basically on the same day to go after those regime organizations that are trying to make it impossible for these free speech platforms to do business. It is going to be very interesting to watch all of this develop. I wish you all a very happy Thanksgiving with some great food and great friends. I hope you get to see some family, be around your loved ones watch some football, whatever it is you do. Enjoy the long weekend. I will be on Badlands Daily with CanCon on Friday morning, and I will be on Devolution Power Hour on Saturday night with John and Patrick. But besides that, I will see you on Monday at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic, and Joe Biden will never be president. In my mind, that's the end game. If you're listening to this episode for free, you can support me and support the show and the work I do by signing up for a paid subscription at imyourmoderator.substack.com. You can do so for as low as $50 a year or $5 a month comes out to under a quarter per episode and you'll blast right through the paywall for all of the writing. The merch store is www.cancelcouture.com and you can find everything else by heading to Linktree. Linktree.com slash I'm your moderator. And I'll see you soon out on the range. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm Your Moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm Your Moderator.substack.com. The merch site is CancelCouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!